Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. It is a day of blowing and pushing snow from the farm yard and clearing snow from the feed bunk. National Weather Service lead meteorologist Daniel Robinson, who's in the Grand Forks office, says the heaviest band of snow is moving to the east. Some areas had a, have a foot or more of heavy, wet snow. This is actually one of those rare cases the winds are behaving themselves, so we're not seeing a ton of impacts from the wind with the system. It's really just that heavier snow that fell and then these additional uh, areas of light to moderate snow that will continue to move through the region. I mean, additional snowfall, um, it's going to vary quite a bit based on where these little pockets are tracking, but we could see anywhere from one to three inches of additional snow uh, through uh, midday, um, and maybe a glaze of ice where we get that freezing drizzle mix. There's still another part of this large system sitting over the upper Midwest that will move through Thursday and Friday. So we may get another round of uh, moderate, maybe even locally heavy snow with that, um, you know, during that Thursday-Friday period, and there might be a little bit more snow or uh, wind with that that could cause a little bit more blowing snow. Um, so that, that'll be another period to keep an eye on after this uh, current activity kind of winds down today. And then, of course, you know, looking ahead, the Arctic air that will be arriving with negative temperatures returning to our region uh, late Sunday night into uh, early next week. I-94 from Bismarck to the Minnesota border remains closed. Travel is not advised in many parts of the tri-state region. NDSU Extension Livestock Specialist Gerald Staka recommends livestock producers keep a close eye on wean calves after the cold weather and winter system moves through. The stress becomes compounded with these weather episodes. Manage accordingly of those calves. The cows are a little bit different. They're a little tougher. They can handle things like this, but make sure you don't Let's say you're feeding sugar beets or beet tailings or beet pulp, and you know don't go the next day and overfeed on sugar beets. Um, you can cause a little digestive upsets by doing that. Just kind of stick with the rations that you've been feeding. Stucker says hypothermia and frostbite may be apparent immediately after the storm, but cattle can be at risk for pneumonia and other conditions for several weeks after severe events. After a 45-day review, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States determined the proposed Fufeng project is not covered by its jurisdiction and will not be taking any further action. The Chinese company plans to move forward with its corn wet milling project north of Grand Forks. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is proposing legislation to restrict foreign purchases of farmland in the state. This plan creates a new state committee to investigate proposed purchases of agricultural land by foreign interests and recommends either approval or denial to the governor. Uh, and uh, South Dakota Governor Noem says well, South Dakota will lead the charge on this vital national security issue. The Federal Reserve is expected to increase the benchmark interest rate for the seventh straight month today. Market analysts expect a half-point increase in today's announcement, down from the three-quarter-point interest rate increases for the past several months. Uh, three and three-quarters to four percent, uh, at three and three-quarters to four percent, that current short-term interest rate 
is at its highest level in 15 years. Congressional leaders have come up with a framework agreement on an omnibus spending bill. House is expected to vote on one uh, on a one-week continuing resolution to keep the government running with the current CR expiring on Friday. The Senate is expected to act on the continuing resolution after the House vote. That would give lawmakers time to pass the overall spending bill before they leave town for the Christmas holiday. The corn market's been a follower recently. Country Futures market analyst Daryl Holiday expects that corn trade to struggle to push to new highs. We've done so much rationing of the supply with the basis and the higher prices right there at harvest, So, and we just still have no export business in the corn or wheat, really. Uh, we can always sit around a dream about having some in the wheat, but we really don't really have. It's very, very limited, and the corn has been remains very, very slow. You know, we've basically got total commitments for, you know, about half of where we were a year ago, and it's that's a problem down the road. Certainly is. And Holiday says demand is a cloud that continues to hang over this corn market. Reporting agriculture's business, you're in tune with the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Many states are exploring the option of low-carbon fuels. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. National Farmers Union Senior Advisor Ann Steckel says NFU is supportive of the Inflation Reduction Act and the possible markets it could open. Uh, well, generally speaking, most people are um, supportive of carbon reduction and uh, greenhouse gas reductions. And so what we're doing is talking about our different fuels and using agricultural inputs and ensuring that uh, we get the, uh, the most credit for all of our agricultural feedstocks that we can. We know that they reduce greenhouse gas emissions and that uh, corn ethanol and biodiesel and renewable diesel have been really good for the environment, and that's why people have been choosing to use them. Steckel says NFU is also watching progress of the low-carbon fuel standard. Minnesota is just one of the many states making progress in introducing measures to reduce overall emissions from the transportation sector. Well, there are clean fuel standards uh, in, again, California, Oregon, and Washington states doing rulemaking, and Minnesota is looking at it. There was a bill that was introduced last year. I think it went through the House, uh, and the governor has said that he is in support of a low-carbon fuel standard. And so it's a technology-neutral policy um, that really rewards low-carbon fuels, and all of, the low, all of the fuels can participate in that. Um, it's a different policy option for reducing carbon that many states are looking at. And from an agricultural perspective, we're just working to ensure, again, that our agricultural feedstocks are um, they're using the best modeling to account for um, the carbon reductions and the carbon emissions that our farmers are doing. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Low water levels on the Mississippi River remains a problem. An update from the American Commercial Barge Line says barge traffic will be affected through December with sustained impacts to navigation not seen since 1988. Barge movement has improved on the lower Mississippi River, but conditions are deteriorating between St. Louis and Cairo, Illinois. This uh, year's growing season was surprising to some after a very late planting season. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. After what seemed to be a terribly late planting season in 2022, North Dakota Wheat Commission Administrator Neil Fisher reflects on what turned out to be a great wheat crop. 
we've had a, a, a kind of a miracle crop year this year. It, it actually um, started out pretty rough, and whether whether you were in the cattle business or in the wheat business or in soybean or corn or whatever, it was hard to get something planted. It was even hard to get things to stay alive. We all started out about four or five weeks behind, and yet this wheat crop turned into a, sort of a Cinderella crop with uh, the disease pressures that we thought were out there early on subsiding, crop just getting better as time went on. So we actually set a new record yield, or just a, just a whisker under, under 50 bushels per acre this year. 2021 was an exception, but the other four years in this last five years, we've had uh, record yields coming along in, the, in four out of those five years. Fisher also says that right behind research, market development is a top priority for the NDWC. Partners like U.S. Wheat Associates work constantly to expand markets for high-quality U.S. wheat. Research comes along probably with the highest dollar amount in our budget, but market development and trade is right behind that. And so uh, we have a big investment in U.S. Wheat Associates where we have 17 offices overseas that, that are at work every day, 24-7 somewhere, though the sun never sets on market development because we're all over the world. And that's a big deal because it has really reaped great rewards for the producers here. We're the fastest selling, highest valued largest volume class of wheat right now that's moving in the, in the markets uh, from this country and from a small area here where we but we have a branding of, of our hard red spring wheat into what we call the dark northern spring sub, uh, subclass which is at the top end that's bringing the real money these days. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network I'm Whitney Pittman. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio and California Democratic Representative Ro Khanna have introduced legislation demanding cabinet-level agencies identify weaknesses in the U.S. supply chain. USDA would be part of that process. The bill also calls for federal financing programs to encourage manufacturing within the United States. The 74th South Dakota Cattlemen's Convention wrapped up with their evening awards banquet last night. This year, SDSU Extension and Assistant Professor uh, Dr. Warren Rushi of Bancroft, South Dakota, received the Friend of the South Dakota Cattlemen's Association War Award. The Cattleman of the Year was awarded to uh, Scott Slepkis of Huron, South Dakota. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. We continue our series of year-end tax tips with NDSU Extension Farm Management Specialist Ron Haugen. We talked about deferring income and spreading income to other years for grain farmers, but Haugen says livestock producers can also use income deferral. The, the, you know, it's been tough on the livestock guys in the dry, dry, dry drought year uh, the past couple of years, and um, they have a couple options. They can actually... Um, for the breeding livestock, they can uh, they can uh, if they, they if they sell more than their normal sales, there again you need to document that. Um, you can defer that income up to two years, and if there's a disaster declaration, uh, th then they can extend that uh, for four years. There's also some help for non-breeding livestock. And another provision that the IRS allows is that for non-breeding livestock like calves, um, you can uh, and if there is a disaster declaration in your county. Um, either by the president or by the secretary of agriculture, you can you can defer that for one year. So there's a couple options to look at for livestock producers. Creating outlets for rendering is a priority for Farmers Union. National Farmers Union Industries President Dale Bernard says creating competition in the livestock industry is still a priority, even with better market prices in the industry. We are a firm believer in that the competition creates the world and. Uh, 
we need to create more competition. Uh, there needs to be uh, more people to get better prices. Uh, we can't be dominated by the big four. Um, we're out there to support getting that competition and try to do whatever we can to create that competition out there and partner with those so that we, we're not the prices are not dominated or dictated by uh, the big four. Bernard says rendering creates value with the offset from processing facilities. I think it's because we're offering a service that if wasn't there, if we didn't exist, there'd be no place to go. I think the bigger impact is, like I said, we're the ultimate recyclers. If we don't, if there isn't a place to put the byproducts and create a bunch of our byproducts goes back into the feed ingredient industry, a bunch of our used grease or our yellow grease that we call it goes back into the renewable fuel industry. It can go back into the feed ingredient business. So I think from our standpoint, what we're trying to create or what we're doing uh, not only supports the beef packers that we're dealing with, but it also supports the local farmers with an opportunity to get their animals sold someplace to go with their byproducts. Chucking markets, Minneapolis wheat march down eight and a quarter, nine fourteen and a half. Chicago wheat march down nine. KC wheat down twelve and a half. March corn, four cents lower, six forty nine and a half. July down three and a half. January soybeans, five and a half lower, fourteen seventy four and a quarter. March soybeans down by six and a half cents. On the farm calendar, Central Dakota Ag Day is going on at the Carrington Research Center. That's Friday. Uh, that's going to be Friday morning. And uh, take note, the Lake Region Extension Roundup at Devil's Lake. That's going to be held January 4th and 5th at Memorial Building. Uh, two great days of speakers, roundtable talks, and more. Of course, uh, take care this morning, moving around that very, very wet snow. And uh, be careful traveling as well. There's still travel restrictions across much of the area. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.